All right, so ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. I'm Terry Lin here with Travis Marziani, and today we are going to talk about Facebook ads. So I tried running some campaigns last week, and I have some questions on kind of how to optimize them. So today we're going to talk about kind of that as a case study and some of the best practices that you should be doing. All right, so Travis, uh, what's going on? I'm burnout. I'm ready for Asia. I'm so excited. I'm leaving in like three days. So I've been working really hard for the last couple months, and now I'm ready to take off. I'm going, going to Bangkok. So I'll share the dates really quick. So anybody that's in Bangkok, I'll be there from the 12th to the 17th. Send me an email. I'd love to meet up. And then Singapore, I'll be there from the 18th uh, to the 21st. And this is, of course, of February. Then I'm taking a little nice break, a little yoga retreat, which I'm super excited for. And then Ho Chi Minh, uh, March 3rd to the 7th, probably after that Hong Kong, Shang, uh, Shanghai, and Beijing, but I'm not exactly sure what the dates will be for that. Yeah, so only Bangkok and Singapore are the ones that are really safe. Yeah, I mean, Ho Chi Minh, I will for sure be there the 3rd to the 7th, but I, I might be there more days, to be honest with you. So I started running some ads last week just to test things out, and I'm not sure if I'm doing them right, so today we're just going to do a QA and a uh, with Travis. So I guess for my ads, what I was doing is I wanted to figure out which demographic was the right one to target first. So I split my ads between uh, 24, no, 26 to 34, 35 to 44, and 45 to 54 uh, men that were either single, married, or in a relationship and working at uh, Fortune 500 companies and above in LA, San Francisco, New York, Chicago, Atlanta, and I think one more other city. When you start out with a campaign, how do you know you're being too specific or too broad? I'd say start out as specific as possible. Like my opinion is you should only be targeting for sure under 10,000, like as your demographic, if you can get under 5,000 or right around a thousand, even it can't hurt. Like I want it to be that I'm only targeting people that I know if they saw my ad, they'd be like, holy crap, that is for me. And then from there you kind of expand out. That's my personal opinion. Gotcha. So when you're setting the ad groups, like the demographic groups, because one thing, when I started, I started with, 12 groups of demographics, but should I be doing like three groups and then within those three groups, see which one hits and then narrow down within that? Or should I just throw everything against the wall like what I'm doing right now? Because the thing is right now, if I set each ad budget at like four bucks a day, something like that, there's like actually like, it's actually 50 because there's 12 campaigns running at the same time. I'm a huge fan of keeping it small, like only starting with, you know, one to three at first. That way you can look at it and say, hey, this is working, this isn't working. Especially if you're new to Facebook ads, when I started out, I was very unsure if it was going to work. So I checked every day my analytics and saw, is this actually backing out? And I think the problem is if you start with 12 groups, then it's a lot of a lot of calculations to be doing in your head. I mean, you know, if, if you have the time, sure. But I'd rather start with one to three that I'm super confident are going to work. And you can even start with one just to make sure that, you know, Facebook is going to work for you. Like, I don't know what one group would be your ideal, but maybe it's, uh, you know, people that are interested in, in wallets or like leather goods or something like that. You can go through their likes. Or of course, I've said this a lot of times, but I'm a huge fan of targeting people that like your competitors. And then, so what my recommendation to you would be to break it up into just two groups. So one that's like, you know, 20, 25, I think you said to uh, 34, whatever it was. And then that like all the same things and then do the same group, just an a older age range, so 34 to 45. And then first off, establish what your age range 
you should be going for, you should be targeting it is. But for both those demographics, make sure that you have enough data, enough interest in there so that it's only targeting under 5,000 people. Like for instance, with my company, it's buying behavior, uh, children's clothing or buying behavior, um, adult clothing. And I figure if somebody's buying child's clothing and that, and Facebook recognizes that, hey, this person has a buying behavior. And on top of that, for me personally, it's like they have daughters and they've shown interest in my competitors, then that person's probably highly likely to buy from me. So there's other things. It's not just like what they're interested in. Facebook is way too smart and they know a lot of different things. And the caveat is that you're only testing the demographics variable and you're keeping interest all the same, right? Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I'd start out with just those two and then look at it. But the, the hard part is you're probably not going to get a lot of data unless it's a huge landslide victory. Unless it's like, wow, um, the 25 to 34 year olds just buy way more. And that's happened to me. But I've also more times than not, I find that it's it's pretty close. So it's really important to know whether it's statistically significant or not. So there's always kind of like outliers. So maybe you have five out of a hundred people click through on one campaign and two out of a hundred people click through on another campaign. It doesn't mean that the five out of a hundred campaigns way better. It could just be that three people that day felt like clicking on that ad. You know what I mean? It's hard unless you have a lot of data. It's hard to always tell like what's going to win. That's why I recommend starting out with things that you're extremely confident that this should work. And then, then look at the data, you know, prove yourself right. Hopefully but there's always that chance that you're like, Oh wait, this actually doesn't work. Yeah. So I'm using the image in across the same ads, basically, basically I use my best sellers and I'm using that, but I'm not, I'm not supposed to split test the image copy yet. Right. At least in, the, in this early stage, I think in the early stage, you're going to need a lot of people that tell you, you should, but I don't think you should. And I, same reason as I just talked about, I've had a lot of people that are quote unquote, know what they're talking about. Tell me, oh, you need to be splitting your ad, your ad or your ad image. And I, you know what, if, if you have two really good ideas at the early stages, sure, go for it. But if you have one really good idea and one idea you don't really think is going to work, I would wait until the later stages personally. Yeah, because I just don't see how you can keep track if you're split testing ad copy and demographic targeting. Like you have so many campaigns running at the same time. Yeah. And that's something I think a lot of people don't keep in mind is at the early stages, you want to keep the math relatively easy. I mean, if you have too many variables at play, then it becomes kind of a pain. And obviously as you expand and you get more in depth, I mean, if you're spending, you know, a couple thousand dollars a month on Facebook, you really want to be doing that. You want to be split testing more of that kind of stuff. But I haven't found a ton of success with split testing the image ads. I mean, I did find that if I use an orange button as opposed to a, I think before it was a green button for my call to action. And what I mean by that is all my images, I say, um, dance wearing 200 plus colors, click here. And the click here button is, or like shop now or something like that. And the shop now button used to be green, but now I realized, oh, orange actually works slightly better. So there is little things like that. You can split test and, you know, I, I guess it doesn't hurt to try it along the way, but I wouldn't, I remember when I first started, I didn't want to do it because it just, that was too much work. And I recommend doing as little work as you need to, to get started, if that makes sense. And I think the grand scheme of things, that's not, that's not as relevant as getting the right targeting down too, I think. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, once again, unless you have two image ads that you think, oh, these both are amazing, but chances are for most people, you have one image 
that because the image is super important. I mean, the, the targeting and the demographics is a 10 out of 10 and the image is like a nine out of 10 because even if you have perfect demographics, if you have an image that doesn't say click on me now, people will just ignore it. And, and keep in mind, I, I recommend, you know, looking at your newsfeed, looking at the things that really dra- you know, pull your attention in. And you might be surprised on some of the ads that actually really pull your attention in and want you like make you want to click on them. Yeah, so one thing about these ads is that they give you like the CPM, click-through rate, CPC, whatever, right? So when you measure that, are you looking at the click-through rate of the ad or actually seeing what the page view is on your site to decide which campaign to close? So uh, both to some degree, but much more. So the two things I really look at is how much does it cost per website click and then how many page views do they actually do once they get to my website? Because the click-through rate is important, but the cost is way more important to me and the number of views they do is way more important to me. Because you can have a bunch of people that click to your site, but they don't stay on the site, right? So you might shut down that campaign where they have more page views because you didn't focus on that. Oh, absolutely. I guarantee I could get like a super high click-through campaign of... I, so a classic example would be if I put an image, uh, let's say I targeted, so I'm selling dance clothing. Let's say I targeted men and put an image of like a busty woman, woman saying like, online dating now, I could get a ton of people to click through that, but no one's going to come to my website and buy. They're going to, they're going to spend like a minute, like looking at it and be like, what the hell and go back. So that'd be just a waste of my money, their time and everything. So and the same thing happens obviously on a smaller degree when you're running your ad, you'll see certain ads that have a high click through rate that aren't, once they get to your website, they're not, you know, going through and actually buying so get rid of those. Yeah. So how are you t- tagging the traffic by different campaigns? Are you just, you know, when they link to URL, do you just tag that link or how are you doing that? Yeah. So I use the Google URL builder and all my, all my campaigns, all my ad groups, everything has a special URL tag. And it's fairly simple. I mean, I'll say something like women, you know, 46 to 54 interest. And I'll, sometimes I'll put some code words in there. Like instead of interest, I'll put like IN and then I'll say like interest um, competitors or something like that, where I know that, okay, these are women 46 to 54 that are interested in my competitors. But the most important part is being able to realize uh, which campaign it came from. Yeah. Because if you don't do that, it just comes from referral traffic from Facebook and then you don't know what's working or not on your site. Exactly. And I, and when I first started, I didn't really fully realize that. So I think I tagged my URLs anyways, just to be safe. But it's surprising to me. You think that they'd have an automated way to do it. But as far as I know, you got to actually tag them manually. Yeah, and I think people don't realize that because when you, when you choose a campaign, you're like, hey, you want to send website clicks. Most people just put the URL and then you don't tag that with different... Don't do that. Yeah. Tag. I'm a huge fan of tagging everything. I mean, pretty much everything except for AdWords because AdWords will do it automatically for you. But just about everything else, you need to tag it. And I've found a lot of success through that. I mean, I've turned off a lot of campaigns because it actually, I thought they would work and it turns out, nope, they don't actually work at all. Yeah. So one thing you brought up earlier was the CPC and page views. So how do you measure that? Do you divide the CPC by the total page view to get like an average page view cost or what's your metric to measure which one the close from there. Exactly. No, I've talked about it before and I treat all my paid ads more or less the same. And Facebook is 
different because people are less likely to be buying on the spot. I've had a couple of people buy as soon as they click from over from Facebook, but people are in social mode. They're not thinking like ready to buy. So what I do is exactly what you said. Just look, okay, on average, this, a click from this ad is costing me a dollar. They're going to on average four pages. And I know that on average, I make 25 cents per page view someone goes on. And I've talked about this as well before, but basically to figure that out, I, I take the amount of profit I have in a month, divide it by the number of page views and say, okay, uh, for every page view, I make 40 cents. And of course, the more targeted it is, the better. So f- for instance, if somebody comes from a Facebook ad to my website and only looks on two pages, I'm not making 50 cents on average because those people probably aren't very interested. So you've got to kind of cut it out. Like there's kind of a minimum threshold. If, if from Facebook to your website, people aren't at least looking at three to four pages, they're not interested. I just cut that. And then based on the CPC, you divide that link campaign by how many page views and you would have a per page view cost versus the per page view sales you get from your own analytics sales data. And then you, as long as that one's lower than the other, you would keep it on, I guess. Yeah. And they view a number, certain number of pages. Exactly, yeah. I mean, it's exactly like I said before, because I mean, even if I'm getting uh, clicks to my website that are 10 cents a piece, and on average, the people are only looking at one page, which would mean that pretty much everybody's bouncing right away, it's not worth it because, I mean, maybe for 10 cents, it's, uh, it's almost nothing, but the point is, there's a certain minimum threshold where people are showing interest, I, I believe. And so for you, that's four page views or three? I'd say or? three. I'd say three, three and I mean, two to three, to be honest with you, because if I can get like a 20 cent click and they're only on average looking at two pages, yeah, 20 cents isn't a ton. But I find that if it's not at least a minimum, I'd say really, yeah, okay, maybe three. If it's not at least three, chances are you need to target a little bit more specifically. So if I'm understanding this right, I'm just going to explain it again. And if I'm missing anything, just jump in. So you're taking your monthly sales data, dividing it by your monthly page views, so you know how much average revenue you have per page view when someone goes to your site. So if they visit three pages, you're probably expected to make this much. If they visit 10 pages, you expect to make this much, right? And so what you also do is on your paid ads from the click-through rate, each link campaign is tagged. So you know that when they click through to that ad and they go to your site, how many page views they're actually seeing on your site. And then from there, you set a metric of say, you know, if someone's looking at three pages, four pages, then I want to focus on them. And everything else, bounce rate, one page view, two page view, you turn off. And basically, the, the reason for doing this is that you have an apples to apples comparison where you have the cost of a page view and the revenue of a page view. And it's not exact science, but at least it gives you a relative benchmark to compare campaigns and a direct correlation to revenue. Exactly. And the truth is, as far as I can tell, there's no exact science on how to figure out the, how to mo- or how to figure out how profitable some an ad campaign such as Facebook is because most people aren't going to buy when they come to your website. They're going to look at like four pages, be like, this is really cool. And then they're going to get home from their work computer, think about it again, go back and uh, you know, look from their iPad and finally make that purchase. Or they're going to go tell somebody else, hey, I found this really cool website. Maybe for me, their dance team instructor be like, hey, I found this really cool website. You should buy all our costumes from them. And you can't really track that, but you can track interest. So that's the way I found it. Yeah. And if someone goes directly to your URL, you don't you lose track of that from Facebook too. So I guess the metric is that, well, if they, if they manage to see three or four pages, they're probably interested and they might come back later or they might not, but at least 
there's more interest there than say anyone who lands on your site for like one page. Yeah, and and on the flip side, if they let's say they look at four pages, but you're paying two dollars and fifty cents for them to get there, it's probably not worth it on the on the average. So that's why it's good to have kind of a minimum threshold and a a knowledge of how much you're making per page view. Gotcha, gotcha. And so when you turn off campaigns, you turn first you turn off the ones that are less than say three page views, right? But how do you filter out the ones from there if you have like say two or three that are having the same metrics around that level. Oh, exactly like we said. I mean, just look at it as how much per page view am I spending and how much value, quote unquote, am I getting out of, out of it? But I mean, keep in mind, it's okay to have multiple campaigns. It's okay to have, like right now, well, I, I actually I paused them uh, leading up to my Asia trip because I don't want to have to deal with this, but it's okay to have, you know, 10 if they're all profitable. All right, so, so say... You've closed down some campaigns. How do you take an existing campaign and narrow it down into more campaigns? Oh, okay, I got you. I haven't been doing, I haven't been taking that approach. What I've been doing is, let's say I have one campaign that targets um, 36 to 45-year-olds that have daughters that also show interest in my competitors. I don't narrow it down because it's already so narrow. What I do is I start a new campaign that would be, okay, instead of 36 to 45, how about 45 to 55? Or I say, all right, instead of this, uh, let's, let's shift one variable. And I try to keep them isolated, if you will. So it's um, one group that I'm going after, people that are interested in X, Y, and Z, and another group that's interested in A, B, and C. So I don't tend to take one group and narrow it down over time. I start out with really small groups and kind of build laterally, if that makes sense. Oh, so if it works already, you just leave it there, but then you try to figure out if there's another angle to attack the same type of person. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I know a lot of people start out fairly broadly. So let's say they their first group is 100,000 people's the audience, and then they split it down to 50-50 because they know it works. I do the opposite approach. I start with an extremely targeted campaign, you know, maybe only 1,000 to 10,000 people. And then once I know it works, I, there's no need, no reason for me to break it down. It, I mean, it's the 80-20 type rule. I'd rather see, okay, well, that worked. I wonder if this other group of people would work as well. But I think the key is that finding it until it works is the variable because it depends on how accurate you are in your first targeting, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, at least in my own life, I found that once I put up that first ad, I'm like, oh, wait a minute, I can also do this, this, and this. And sometimes your next group might be a more targeted version of your first one. For instance, I might say, okay, well, uh, this first group was really good, but what if I only target people that have a job position in the dance world? And there might be some overlap there, but to me, it's almost a completely different group because it's so much more targeted. I think it also, it also depends on how well you know your customer too. I guess if you have a general idea, but not specific like you, maybe like the broader approach would make more sense because you kind of just test throwing things against a bigger wall rather than 10 things at a small wall, I guess, right? Yeah, that's true. I, I still, if you can, if at all possible, trying to figure out that those thousand people or whatever that would be like, oh my God, this product was made for me. This is so cool. So, I mean, using, I, I know you're changing the name, but like the baller uh, leather example, you know, who who would find that kind of funny and interesting? Uh, people that like the Tropical MBA podcast, maybe, or people that like other types of comedians that you're interested in or you think people that have bought from you before are interested in and you know kind of going from there 
Yeah, sure, yeah. Because then if you just start with a big demographic, it does kind of waste resources. And, and the way I was going to say it too is if you start with a really big demographic and it doesn't work, which chances are it won't, how do you know whether just to quit or to try to segment further down? But if you start extremely segmented down and it doesn't work, you know, okay, well, that didn't work. I got to try something completely different. And, uh, you know, it might not happen right away. You might not have that idea that's like, oh, this is the group of people I need. But by trying it, I think that you're in a better, I wouldn't spend my money trying to figure out who my demographic is. I'd rather try to figure out who my demographic is, spend the money and then prove myself right, hopefully, or there's a chance that I'm wrong. Yeah. So one thing that's kind of more off the topic is that as your revenues grow and your page views grow, that metric keeps changing, even though your paid ads are still the same, right? Does that affect the way you manage campaigns from now on? Or? So I tend to do it in periods of time. So let's say every two months, I do like a complete overhaul. So I say, all right, for the last two months, I made X amount of money and I had X or Y amount of page views, uh, divide X by Y. And on average, that's how much money per page view I'm doing. My profit margins also change because you don't want to just figure out how much revenue am I making per page view. It's it's how much profit. And yeah, and I, you know, once again, people that have listened to many episodes know that I'm still not exactly sure on what the profit is. And I, I do, it's not a perfect science, but it's a way to do some kind of measuring. It's a way, because if, if you didn't have something like this, you would just have to look at it and be like, I don't know, I guess this one looks better. But when I put that benchmark, what I've found is it splits my ads almost, I'd probably say 60, 40, like 60% of my ads across AdWords, Facebook ads, whatever, meet the mark and are profitable in about 40%, I need to change. And the cool thing about using this is it doesn't mean I need to necessarily cancel the campaigns. I can say, okay, um, someone coming from this campaign is only worth 30 cents to me, or they're only worth 40 cents to me or whatever. Or, you know what, actually it turns out I need to up the bid because they're worth even more. So it's not always about canceling a campaign. For instance, for you, uh, a click through from a a really big demographic of people, let's say, you know, males 26 to 35 for a penny, would you do it all day long? Probably. So it's just figuring out what, what's your breaking point. And my guess is on a demographic that big, it's probably closer to like, you know, five cents, 10 cents, just because that's such a big demographic. But then if you narrow it super down to people that are interested in you know, the tropical MBA podcast or comedians or uh, have shown interest in wallets, et cetera, someone like that is probably worth 50 cents to a dollar, you know? So it, it's not always about just axing a campaign. You can also change the bit. Gotcha. Yeah. So you're basically re reevaluating your revenue per page you or net profit per page you and then using that to compare against your paid ads. So it's always up to date in some ways. Ex exactly. And I will sometimes look at historical data because, you know, like I said, I do this approximately every two months. So let's say in a two month, yeah, two months from now, let's say I did it today and one of these campaigns was working really well for the last two months. And then I do another revision two months from now. At first, I just completely look at, okay, in the last two months, what does the data say? But then I'll also keep in mind uh, historical data. So maybe I have campaign A that made me $1,000 in the last two months. And then two months from now, I do that same thing again and it made me $0. Well, I don't just cancel campaign A because it, it does work. It just didn't work within that time frame. So I, I keep that in mind as well. But about every two to three months when I do one of these things, I throw out all the data and say, all right, with our current revenue and our current cost per page view, 
what are these campaigns worth to me? But the interesting thing is I find it to be fairly consistent. I find that we make about the same amount per page view, more or less regardless. Yeah, because one thing is if your organic is growing, that's not really being calculated into the paid ad side, right? So it could kind of throw it off a little bit. Sure. I mean, the problem is Google doesn't give us the data to say uh, what words they're organically looking for. I mean, it gives us a little bit, but I mean, a lot of my organic traffic I know for a fact is people searching for B dancewear. So how do they find me in the first place? Who knows? Well, how do you organize your ad sets actually? So I know campaign is like for the company name, ad sets could be for a demographic. Do you just pull them all on ads or do you actually have like different ad sets when you're organizing? Let me look through. I, I believe I have actually different ad sets and keep in mind something I, we didn't talk about uh, that I, should, I want to touch on really quickly is that you should do remarketing through Facebook ads. Everybody, uh, everybody here should be doing remarketing through Facebook ads. And I mean, you can change the bid, but I've had huge success with that. And once again, you can pay per click. I mean, I tend to go for the optimized CPM, but the you can say, hey, I'm only willing to spend 50 cents per click, but retargeting works really well. And I think people are kind of surprised to see it in your Facebook ads. But to answer your other question, I, let's see, I do ad sets. Yeah, I, I think I don't have it as organized as I probably should, to be honest with you. I'm looking through right now and so campaigns, you have be dancer and campaigns, I guess. Right? Yeah, I do. Yeah. And then what, what do your ad sets look like? Oh, you know, what I think I do is age demographics. So I say, all right, 26 to 35 year olds in ad sets. And then once you click on the ad set, it actually goes down into the different ads. And I say, okay, people within these demographics, pe people that are interested in um, X, Y, and Z. So that way I can say on average, the 26 to the 35 year olds that I target tend to click through th at this rate and on average the you know 35 to 45 year olds tend to click through at this rate but then within the ad set I can see hmm 26 to 35 year olds that show interest in salsa dancing tend to buy more for me than that show interest in ballet dancing. Yeah so I have everything in ads I should re reorganize that in the ad sets because then then it's giving me it's not giving me the demographic average too because it's all in one group yeah and i'm sure that there's other people out there that have different thoughts on this but that's just how i did it all right cool so you touched about, about remarketing a little bit earlier so are you setting this up through facebook remarketing or ad roll remarketing? no never do it through ad roll that's what when i did it and maybe not everybody has this experience but when i did it through ad roll it was like my optimized cpm was like 25 dollars, and i was paying like two to three dollars per click it was just awful yeah I, I remember looking at it and thinking you know maybe i missed a variable somewhere but i'm i'm a pretty tech savvy person and i i couldn't figure it out after like five to ten minutes so i gave up i went to facebook and not only is it cheaper to do it through facebook but it's way more powerful because then you can say hey i only want to not just people that come to my website but people that come to my website i only want to retarget the people that are uh, 26 to 45 year old males that came to my website. And then if you wanted to, you could split the demographics and see, you know, what's actually working. So I'm going to retarget with this ad, uh, ad set, people that are 26 to 35 and this ad set, I'm going to remarket to people that are, you know, uh, what I say, 35 to 45 and see which one works better. Cause maybe it turns out people in their late twenties, they come to your website and they're never going to buy from you where if you remarket to the 30-somethings, they're more likely to come back and buy. Ooh, that's pretty powerful because then it's not just a blanket retarget. It's actually demographic retargeting 
slash interest slash what Facebook does on its own platform. Exactly. So, I mean, if you wanted to, you could just say people that come to my website and like my competitors and are within this age range, I'm only going to pay to retarget them. And, you know, at 45 cents to a dollar per click through, it, your chances are you're going to get your ROI back. And this is, you find it more effective than the Google retargeting? You know, I've, so I do retargeting through Facebook and retargeting through AdRoll. I don't do the Google retargeting, but I think the AdRoll takes care of a lot of the Google stuff. Yeah. And I keep in mind, I think the more people, especially like your, you know, a wallet brand or something like that, the more people see your name, the more they might even just type in the URL, you know, without even clicking on your ad. And I'm sure a lot of people do that. I've had a lot of people tell me they came to my website once and now we're haunting them. And I take that as a compliment because everywhere they go, they see my ad, they see, they're reminded of yeah. us. And basically they don't understand retargeting. Like, why are you following us? Or Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's a lot of my friends that aren't tech savvy. Yeah, awesome, cool. So I think that's it for this episode. I don't have any more questions, but uh, if you guys have questions on Facebook ads, uh, go to this episode, episode 136 at BillAnlineStore.com. Leave us a question in the comments and uh, Travis and I will get back to you. So thanks for tuning in and thanks Travis for joining us this week. Yep, thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Build My Online Store podcast. If you want the show notes, make sure to check out the website at buildmyonlinestore.com. If you got an e-commerce store, every two weeks I lead a live mastermind call with about five or six of the listeners in two separate groups where we work openly together and solve a business problem that you have. And we're all there to support each other. So if this sounds like a cup of tea, make sure to check us out at buildmyonlinestore.com slash mastermind. Thanks again for tuning in and I'll catch up with you guys next week.